Institute of World Mission podcast. You're listening to the show for Adventist cross-cultural mission enthusiasts. My name is Alex Ott, and together with the IWM team, we invite you to join us today. This podcast is a production of the Institute of World Mission brought to you with support of the General Conference Missions family of ministries and services. Hi there, friends. I'm really excited to bring to you an episode today which is the beginning of a special journey. The interviewer today is not going to be me, but Gabriela Phillips. She's a longtime sojourner and a colleague in Adventist missions. Gabriela is Adventist Muslim Relations Department Director for North American Division. She's got extensive cross-cultural missions experience in such places as Central Asia, the Middle East, and of course, both of the American continents. She's an avid practitioner, and at the same time, Gabriela is a missions educator and a classmate in the first cohort Doctor of Missiology program at Andrews University. Following a webinar, which many of you have visited, which we held earlier this year, on the pervasive cultural dynamic of honor and shame. So following that, Gabriela agreed to seek out best interviewees possible to help us, you and me, us as a global community of Adventist missionaries, understand how to disciple people steeped in honor-shame worldview. This is how this idea of a series of honor and shame was born, a series of podcast episodes right here on IWM Podcast. And Gabby is the producer and interviewer for this series. So her first guest is Pastor Johnny Hadjudge. She fully introduces Johnny in the beginning of the interview. I just would like to add here that both Johnny and Gabriella give a fantastic beginning to a special series of IWM podcast episodes devoted to honor and shame. With that, let's get into the interview itself. Welcome to this new episode of um, the podcast for the Institute of World Mission with me, Gabby Phillips, the Director for Adventist Muslim Relations for the North American Division. And today I'm joined by a very special guest, Pastor Johnny Hajaj, who um, is originally from the Middle East and uh, recently has joined the team of Adventist Frontier Missions. Welcome, Johnny. It's good to have you. Yes, thank you. I'm happy to be with you. Thank you so much. Uh, would you mind telling me exactly what do you do? What is your the capacity of your service with the AFM? Yeah, I am the Intercultural Studies and Discipleship Director. I uh, work specially with uh, Muslim outreach, so this is what I do. Perfect. Well, thank you so much. And uh, I had the privilege of knowing Pastor Johnny Hajaj and his family now for many years. And I know that the topic that we are going to be discussing is one that he not only talks about, but it's one that he practices. So today we are going to be uh, broaching the issue of hospitality in the context of uh, honor and shame. And I would like to ask him if he, if he will be kind enough to describe for us, Johnny, 
Um, where do you see the place of hospitality in the Arab culture, and how is this connected with Islamic culture? Uh, you see, whenever you speak about the Arabic culture, uh, you are speaking really about the Islamic culture uh, and Arabic culture are, are interwined. So they are one to the, they are not separated. Mm -hmm. So whatever we, we see in the Arabic culture has its forces back with the Islamic thinking of hospitality. Hospitality plays a big role in the life Uh, of the Middle Eastern and Arabs and Muslims uh, generally, you know? Why is so, that? Because uh, the Quran and the Hadith... What is the uh, Hadith? The Hadith is the practices and the sayings of uh, of uh, Prophet of Islam, Muhammad. So okay. what he practiced and what he has uh, said mm -hmm. is this what is called Hadith, yes. Okay. And so you were saying that hospitality is something that uh, has a place in the Quran and the Hadith. Can you unpack that a little more? That's, that's right. Okay, so, you know, one of the things that I want to see that uh, uh, hospitality in Arabic is diyafa. So this is the word for hospitality, diyafa. Mm -hmm. And, uh, and uh, part of it is even comes karam, is, which is generosity. So mm -hmm. you see in the Quran, There are a lot of words that are, are appears in the Quran, like uh, the word ikram or karam, which is generosity, appears uh, uh, with the meaning of owner. Right. So if you are an owner person, you practice generosity, you practice hospitality. Another thing that is you will find in the Quran that one of God's names is al-karim, the generous, mm -hmm. or al-akram, the most generous. And uh, this is part of the 99 names of God. Uh, again, you will, you will find the word daifi, my guest, yes. is used in the Quran also to refer to the context of hospitality. Uh, is there. Hospitality in the Quran is described as taking good care of the orphans, travelers, neighbors, guests, uh, family, extended family, So that is what it is. Even there is a hadith that is a very important one. And I have seen my grandfather practicing this hadith. Mm -hmm. You know, it says that he is to be, you know, when you have a guest comes to your house, he is to be entertained for three days. Whatever is beyond that is an act of charity. Yes. So I have seen my grandfather uh, having people coming to, her, to his house They will spend three days in the house without asking them who they are, wow. what they want, whatever it is. <laughs> After three days, then he will ask. So this is part of the culture. The culture, right. Johnny, yes. let me make sure that I'm following up uh, with what you are saying here. So you are saying that honor is kind of the big frame and that one of the values attached to honor that is core to honor is generosity. And that generosity is expressed as hospitality. Am I... It Doing, exactly. Yes, exactly. good. So hospitality is not entertainment. Uh, no, at all. Hospitality is not entertainment. Oh, okay. <laughs> Can you yes. explain why hospitality is not entertainment? Yeah, because you see hospitality is not entertainment because, you know, hospitality is not entertaining people. Hospitality is showing love. It, it brings uh, uh, blessings to your life as you are sharing 
you know, whatever you have. So if you are an owner person, you are not entertaining people. It's part of your character. It's part of your life. And, mm. and uh, that's why uh, hospitality is not just to bring people into your home and feed them. Right. Hospitality is relationship. So you're is, bringing them into your life. Exactly. So right. you are not just feeding them, you know. Right. This is what sometimes whenever we, we, we speak about hospitality, we speak about food or, or uh, you know. But really hospitality is not about food. Hospitality so, is having people in your life. Right. And, and sometimes when these people come to your life, they change the way you look at life. They change the way you, you know. You live your life really. So, yes. Johnny, let me um, let me push you a little bit farther on this concept. So, when you bring somebody to your table, now um, basically you're talking to me that this is presence ministry, and that is bigger than having a perfect home because this is one of the reasons sometimes why people uh, feel a bit hesitant inviting people in their homes. Like, oh, my house is not perfect. My cooking is not so well. But you're telling me that really what you're sharing is life and it's a presence ministry that overtakes the perfectionist uh, edge of things. Exactly. And, and really, you know, let me tell you something that is, uh, we have a saying in Arabic, it's see, meet me and do not feed me. You know, so so the idea of meeting me, accepting me in your home, in your life, that means a lot more than even food. So I can come to your house. You can give me a cup of tea. That Mm. means a lot. The way you the way you accept me in your home means a lot more what you have offered me, you know. Right. So um, bringing these two a kind of. Um, ethnographic level. How is this thing lived out? When I, when we lived in the Middle East, I remember that people will invite us to their home, and when we arrived, they would say "Ahlan was Ahlan," um, and we translate that into "welcome." But really, what is "Ahlan was Ahlan"? What is the worldview behind "Ahlan was Ahlan"? Mm-hmm. So you see, "Ahl Ahlan" it comes from uh, "Ahlan" or "Ahl," which means family. Yes. And and the Sahlan comes from you know the Sahel the land, so you are welcome in our family and in our land. You know, so you become part of the community and the house. Belonging is that a good word? Belonging. That's right. You belong to the house and you belong to the land. So this is way more than you are here to get a, a nice soup and um, a good hummus. Yeah, for sure, it's more than that. You know, okay. we have some baklava also. <laughs> <laughs> yes, <laughs> I I know what you mean. So once the person comes into uh, me, would you understand their mindset that breaking food is really a path to the heart? And I always said that uh, the path to the heart goes through the table. What kind of a space is the table in terms of building honor? Um, help us understand a little bit how is honor being uh, nurtured at the table and at the home. Well, that's that's that. You know, I do you know that this is a biblical concept in, in reality. Okay. Because yes. you can see that uh, I, I will go from the beginning. You know, God, uh, when He created Adam and Eve, the first thing that He told them go and eat. He provided yes. for them. He right. invited them 
to their, t- you know, to his table. Here is right. here is everything in front of you. Enjoy it. Isn't that right? So uh, l- l- yes. what you're saying is God's first encounter with mankind was mediated by the table and it was hospitality it's divine hospitality that we are trying to emulate when we invite people into our homes exactly it's a divine hospitality and then even if you go all the way the bible all the way through the bible till the second coming and then when we are invited to heaven god is inviting us to his table isn't that right to the lamb table So you have all of that. From table to table. <laughs> exactly, from table to table, that's right. Yes, and, okay. And in, in fact, you know, I, I just, one of the stories that I like in the Bible, that is, you know, you remember when um, Abraham invited, you know, he invited the three uh, yes. visitors. Uh, and he, yes. he, he really invited them to, to his uh, table. Yes. And they enjoyed there. And I just want to, you know, he, he went and he prepared the food. Uh, he did everything for his uh, visitors. He didn't know who, who they are. Right. All that he knew that these people are traveling and they need a place to rest and to take. And so he invited them to his house, to his life, and to his land, you know? Right. And then imagine out of that hospitality that Abraham showed, at that, at that table, God told Abraham, next year you will have a child, the child that you have been waiting for years. Wow. Wow. So in the person of the stranger, when we open the door, we might find a brother that actually is building a blessing to us. We think that we are a blessing to others by opening our, our family and our land. And we might right. be missing that they are the blessing that God is sending to us. With something beautiful. Have you ever experienced anything like that? That by opening yourself to the stranger, the stranger was actually the guest of God bringing you some some blessing. Yeah, yeah. I, I can tell you a lot of stories about that. And uh, it is always, you know, let me just give you one example, maybe. You yes. know, once I, uh, my daughter, she needed uh, uh, an operation and they didn't have the money to do that and uh, I was the pastor of a church in the Middle East and uh, after the church I invited someone he came the first time he comes and I invited him to come to our home you know yeah. so I said please it's a Sabbath you don't have a place and this is what we do uh, every Sabbath really in back there mm. so I invited him to come to our home and this guy we took him our home we enjoyed the food together and we discussed and we were talking about the church and all of that and that guy by the end of that visit he handed me an envelope and he said that this is pastor this is a gift from me to your family Hmm. and when i opened that envelope i found the right amount that i need for my daughter's operation wow praise god that's beautiful there you go that's god's generosity Amen. That's God's generosity. I love what you started uh, hinting, um, Johnny, that the, the the table becomes a place where the the other becomes a brother, a place where where the the foreigner finds a home, where basically is, there is a change of relationships that happen in hospitality. That's true hospitality. When the person who entered as a stranger lives as as part of the family. This is something huge. Would you like to talk a little more about it? Yes, yes. You see, I just, 
when 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 we come to that, you know, uh, whenever we have someone who comes, and I believe that when the stranger come to our uh, home, he change even the way how we look at our lives. He he may challenge our worldview even, mm. and this is 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 obvious in the story of Abraham. You know, for Abraham, it was impossible for him to have a child, you know, with his wife Sarah, but. You know, by welcoming that stranger to his house, even his worldview has changed. God has challenged him to go more. Isn't that right? Even yes. after that uh, uh, visit, he he talked to God and he told him, you know, I wanted to save Sodom and Gomorrah. You know, imagine he started arguing with God 50, 40, 30, 10. He's, 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 he's a real a, Arab. He's, yeah, he's bargaining. <laughs> <laughs> I love he's it. A, you know, bargaining yes. with God. <laughs> and, and this is this is something that is really important that we need in, in nowadays, you know. And uh, really, Sister White, she said, I just want to, this is from Adventist Home. She says that the Bible lays much stress upon the practice of hospitality. Not only does it enjoin hospitality as a duty, but it presents many beautiful pictures of the experience of this grace and the blessings which it brings. Imagine hospitality brings blessings Amen. to our homes. Amen. Johnny, let's go down now to the nitty gritty uh, of life. So, what ways do we offer hospitality that adds honor? And what ways are our hospitality can actually bring shame? Help us to understand that uh, from an Arab Islamic perspective. Yeah, you see now, uh, the idea is when you invite people really to your home, they need to feel like they are welcome. They need to feel like they are part of the family. So that is uh, a, a very important issue that we need to bring uh, to, to the table. Another thing is, you know, the way we act inside of the house. So sometimes if I go, please don't go without taking something with you. So that shows that shows that you are also a person that is honorable and a hospitable person. So you is that every time? Are you expecting to bring something every time, or is the first time that you bring a nice gift? How does that works? Yeah, you see, sometimes uh, personally, you know, maybe the first time I will take a, a, a gift with me. Second yes. time I may take some sweets with me you know yes. so it it depends and that 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 really leads you to build a good relationship with the people there you know so yes. they let them feel like you are part of the family that you share in that in that uh, uh, table you know we we have we have even a saying in arabic that you know when we eat together we we say that we have uh, salt and bread Yes, right. Or bread and salt. And that means that I will never betray you. Mm. Because we have salt and bread with, with each other, you know. So yes. that that is that is uh, important. And uh, Yeah, actually I heard um, Mohammed once. He's a Somali. And he was explaining that to me. Uh, one time something happened and I did not understand. So I asked him, what, what does he mean? And he says, oh, sister, he means that now that we are, um, you are my sister of salt. And I was like, what is that supposed to mean? He says, yeah, because we broke the bread. So now there is a brotherhood and sisterhood of salt and bread that um, m makes that whatever thing we do, 
we have to always go back to, but we share bread together. So we cannot treat each other the, the way other people who have not shared this fellowship would treat. I thought that was really very, um, very beautiful. Because when I read the Bible, you see, yeah. you see in the book of Acts that um, they say that they share the bread together at the, um, there at the, at the beginning of the expansion of the Christian movement. Yeah. And so I think that we miss that aspect, that they were not just eating together. They were now fellowshipping together. They were brothers and sisters of bread. Exactly. I, I agree with you totally. And and if, you know, <laughs> you can see that all over, even the Bible, really. Every time you see, even Jesus, you see, Jesus always have been invited to the table with people. And whenever he's there, isn't that right? Now, what stories do you read in the Bible, Johnny? I'm sorry for cutting you there. Yes. But what stories do you read in the Bible that as an Arab person, they are very meaningful to you in terms of hospitality? Let's just start with, a, for example, Jesus invites people to his table. He feeds 5,000 people. There is so much left over. Mm-hmm. Why so, so see, much waste? Mm-hmm. Yes. You know, because for for us, a part of hospitality, if I invite two, I need to prepare food for ten. <laughs> so <laughs> we, we, we should have uh, extra food after people will finish their uh, eating, you know. And, mm. and really, you know, even Sister White, she said that uh, Christ has given in his own life a lesson of hospitality. And, and I believe we need to do that. So let me give you some. You know, in the book of Luke, there are 10 stories. I like them. I, you know, yes. that is a beautiful one. So you see, like, imagine, you know, Jesus walking on the street and then a Levi, he told him, I want you to follow me. So the Levi invite, invite him to his uh, to his home. Isn't that right? Yes. People start speaking about Jesus. Oh, he's going to eat with the tax collectors, with the sinners. Mm. And you know, but imagine Jesus went and he won a disciple. That is that is Matthew, right. Matthew who who wrote the book of Matthew for us. Wow. Look look at the beauty, you know. And sometimes the question comes: Do we really go and eat with our enemies? Is there mm. an enemy that we need really to go and eat with so we can present Jesus and the love of Jesus to them? So a form of reconciliation is invite. It's a symbolic way of reconciling. Will be to invite them to share hospitality in our homes. Exactly, exactly. Okay. I, That's I, what I Jesus did with Zacchaeus. Exactly. So okay. you know, Zacchaeus was the one that. Uh, this is another story that I like in the Bible, also in the book of of Luke, also about hospitality. You see, look, Jesus inviting himself. To his home. He didn't invite Jesus. He knew that there is no way that 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 he could invite Jesus because he looked down at himself. Oh, but Jesus comes okay. and invites himself to someone's home, you know? Right. And 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 that invitation, Jesus inviting him to the table of, of the tax collector again, yes. that brought salvation to that house. And oh. sometimes I believe we need to take that initiative. We need to invite ourselves to the homes of people 
that we want to see them changing. And okay, let me understand that because that's a very known uh, common concept if you're not from an honor shame perspective. Okay. Uh, because we look at people as peers. So how am I going to invite myself? But basically, let me make sure I'm understanding you. When yes. you say, like in the case of Jesus, that there is a big power distance. That's right. And that um, the person will not dare to invite you because you are perceived as to be far above them. Mm-hmm. It, w- it will be in that case appropriate for you to say, will it be okay for me to go to, to visit you sometime? Or how would you say that? How would you invite yourself in the house of someone? Yeah, you see, one, one of the ways that, we'll see, I said that, you know, uh, I feel like you are uh, a very close friend or a very close brother or a very close sister. And I wish to come and visit you at your home. Okay. And it will be a pleasure for me to come and visit you. Can I come and visit you tomorrow night? You see? Okay. So you invite yourself to the house and yes. no one will tell you, no, I don't need you. You understand how? Right. So they will be very happy to have you in their home. I get it. I get it. You just heard part one of the interview with Pastor Juni Hajjaj. Next week, we will air the second part of this interview. You may also want to watch a recent webinar we did on honor and shame. It's available on the IWM website at iwm.adventist.org forward slash webinars. I would also like to mention, friends, that at IWM, we see every missionary as a potential disciple maker. It doesn't matter what position you or any of us occupy. We can be professionals of any kind, teachers, doctors, development professionals, as well as pastors, administrators, department directors. Whatever is our calling and involvement in long-term cross-cultural ministry, there may be a chance to disciple someone for the kingdom of our Lord. Most probably, this kind of discipling will be across cultural boundaries. It is with that goal in mind that we decided to share with you most prominent cultural and worldview elements through this podcast. One of the big ones is honor and shame. I'm so grateful that Gabriella decided to help us illuminate this cultural and worldview dynamic. This very last week, I spent significant time with Pat Gustin, who is a missiologist and a long-time practitioner. Many of you know Pat very well. We developed a special course on storytelling as primary means of reaching oral learners. Let me repeat that. A course on telling stories, on storytelling, as primary means of reaching oral learners. Yes, orality is another key cultural dynamic. The course is video-based this time. It's interactive and highly practical. It's going to become available this fall. I will be sharing more news as the time will be approaching. My name is Alex Alt, and I will be very happy to see you next week.